Good morning, church. How are we doing? Well, Pastor Valui um, asked me to preach this morning, and it's a blessing to be up here. He told me to really bring um, encouragement and inspiration about um, prayer and fasting for our church. Um, he also asked me to talk about Khalid and Kendrick Lamar and all those rappers. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I want to do a little follow-up um, from what Joel preached last week. Um, Joel did a great job challenging our church to fast. And we're going to talk a little bit about fasting this morning, but I want to put the emphasis on prayer. So prayer is a weapon, a ready weapon in spiritual battle, and fasting helps to focus prayer and give it purpose. So, you know, what is spiritual battle? What is spiritual battle? Uh, for me, spiritual battle um, was to prepare for the sermon. Um, I didn't get sick all last year. And on New Year's Day, um, I was sick. I was in bed. Um, for the next few days, just achy, sore throat, tired. And then just like three days ago, I woke up with my whole side and strained. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe I overworked working out. But then I'm thinking, um, maybe it's a kidney stone. Um, because I've been having a heating pad on my left side right in the back for the last three days. Really kind of achy. And then Allison, my wife said, maybe you have a kidney stone. And so I really didn't want to think about the kidney stone. Um, I didn't really want to think about any spiritual battle or spiritual warfare. But then Trudy gets sick. Sharon gets sick this week. And then I find out that Camille's not feeling well. And so I started to discern that maybe this service, this message is so important to God and for the Holy Spirit to minister to us that the enemy, okay, Satan, is, is afraid. He's afraid that maybe more people in our congregation will commit to pray and fast for the remainder of the month. I think he's afraid that the Holy Spirit will give each of one of us a vision, a plan for our life, for our church, so we can continue to unify as a body of Christ and do even greater things in the beginning of this new year and throughout the year for him. So prayer and fasting go together. It's interesting because in the Bible, it um, doesn't really mandate us to fast. It doesn't really tell us that we should be fasting. Um, there's cases in the Bible in Acts and throughout, you know, Moses fasted, David fasted, Joel talked about Nehemiah weeping and breaking down and praying and fasting. Um, but it doesn't tell um, us followers to fast. But what fasting is that Joel talked about last week is really a voluntary practice found throughout Scripture. We read in a Scripture, uh, we see that people are fasting because of a promise, because of repentance, um, because of a need. Um, but what it does, it denies our flesh from what it wants 
to focus more clearly on strengthening our spirit. So a fast can be anything that we choose to sacrifice that's important to us. Again, it doesn't need to be food. Um, it really doesn't, it's really, the focus of the fast shouldn't be about denying um, our flesh where it's a burden. Because when it becomes a burden, all we think about is that hunger or that thirst or whatever that is. But it really should be a joyful um, celebration because we are going to draw closer to the Lord through our fast. Um, If it doesn't do that, then maybe it's not the right fast for us because our focus should be on God, should not be on the fast. So why did Jesus, why did he fast? I mean, in Matthew 4, 2, it says that for 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus fasted and became very hungry. Remember, he was led into the wilderness, and then the devil came, tempted him day after day, tried to torment him. And the interesting thing was that um, while Jesus was tempted, that he spoke scripture. He said that man does not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. And so every time Satan came to try to tempt him, then Jesus retorted with the scripture. And I found that to be really um, enlightening, that if you choose to fast, when you're under those difficult times of temptation to break that fast, what did Jesus do? He spoke scripture and he was able to prevail and not fall into any sin. Um, this also prepared Jesus for his three-year ministry that we know that changed the world. So, the purpose of fasting. Okay, it's to take your eyes off the things of this world. Those things that are distracting you. Those things that take you away from God, that time from God. You know, what are those things? I mean, I'm sure everyone knows what those things are. But really to completely focus on God. And so, if we can be thinking during this time, because I believe the Holy Spirit is ministering to all of us right now, you know, what are those things that are taking you away from God? Maybe it's just one thing that you need to focus on. Maybe it's not a group of things that could be too overwhelming. Let's start with one thing. What's one thing that you um, maybe could, could give up for a day, for a few days, um, for 21, 24 days left in the month? So this is the, the scripture that's um, on the bulletin um, in your scripture, in your sermon, in the sermon notes. Um, and I like the scripture because Apostle Paul um, is talking to um, the people um, in Philippi. And I'm not sure how many of you are already in the seventh day of the year or already worrying. How many of you are worrying right now about maybe your health? Maybe you're sick right now, like many people are. How many of you are worrying about 
your job situation, maybe health care, maybe housing, um, maybe family. You know, is anybody worrying, worrying right now? Raise your hand if you're, if you're worrying. How many of you are completely stressed out right now? The seventh day into the year, you're stressed out. Raise your hand if you're stressed. Okay, so I see hand, some hands up here. Well, what does Scripture say? What does Paul say? He says, don't worry about anything. Okay, well, how can we not worry about anything when we're already worrying about something right now? He says, pray about everything. So let me see a show of hands. How many of you, when you stress or you worry, the first thing you think about is, oh, I need to pray. Raise your hand if you pray when you worry. Okay, that's great. Some hands are up. How many of you would like to pray, go right to God when you worry? Okay, more hands are up. You would like to. Um, How many of you have never thought about praying when you worry? You just get consumed in your stress. So, this verse from Philippians 4, um, verse 6 and 7 says, Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Just tell God. Talk to God. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Now, um, this last week, in our youth group, we've been also talking about prayer and fasting. Um, Pastor Valui wanted me to kind of share what our youth group has been doing. And in the month of November and December, we've been studying prayer. How to pray. And our youth have increased their prayer time. I don't know how much, but they told me they're praying a little bit more. Um, we just started talking about fasting. And we read the scripture this last Wednesday. And I mentioned to them that it says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And I mentioned to the youth group that I think maybe we should thank God for what he's done first. And then we can tell him what we need. Then we, um, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So prayer is important. Prayer helps align fasting. So we need to stay prayed up. We need to stay prayed up because when circumstances hit, then we're ready. So staying prayed up means that we're prepared. That we are prepared for unforeseen circumstances. For not feeling well as a worship leader. That, hey, we got to prepare. Camille has to lead. She has to sing. Even if her voice goes out, she's ready. For myself, I knew I had to be up here. Um, not feeling the best, but I knew that God would get me through um, whatever challenges that I'm going through. That it's not about me. Um, it's about Him. So in our own lives, when we're prayed up, then we're ready when we are under some kind of spiritual battle. That when we leave the house in the morning, we don't know what's going to happen. We may be hit with some bad news, 
We may be confronted by rude people. Uh, we may get in a car accident. You know, something may happen. And so we need to still maintain our Christ-like heart and attitude. It's like an athlete that prepares um, for any kind of event. Um, recently, um, we've had the Olympic trials for, for figure skating at SAP Center. Those figure skaters have had to be prepared before they get on the ice. No different than us when we leave the house that we're prayed up, that we're ready to go. And so I want to introduce maybe some prayer models, alternatives that can help you pray. I mean, how many of you feel kind of stuck? You feel that um, you kind of pray the same prayer. Anyone feel that? How many of you feel that maybe you don't think you know how to pray? That you don't know what to say? Um, How many of you want to pray, but you don't think your prayers are maybe worthy enough or maybe eloquent enough? Um, How many of you also, um, when we're in a prayer circle in a small group, um, you get nervous because you don't like to pray aloud? So all of these, I think, are valid, valid concerns. So I'm going to introduce four different prayer models. And this might help you um, spark your prayer life. One model might help you... um, Focus a little bit more this week. Um, this is these different models the youth have learned, and some gravitate more to one than others. Some are switching it up so they don't get bored. But the first one is what Jesus taught his disciples, the Lord's Prayer. So this is one that maybe some of you are praying now, um, not reciting, but are praying. So in the Lord's Prayer, when we pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Basically, what we're doing is we are acknowledging how awesome God is. We are acknowledging who he is, that his name is holy. That he is omniscient and omnipotent. um, And he is an amazing God. We are giving him due reverence when, when we pray that. When we pray that kingdom come, that will be done, we are praying that we will be obeying him. We will be obedient. We will be following him. That we can bring a piece of heaven here on earth. And that we are also praying that one day Jesus, in his own timing, will come back. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are praying for God to give us our provisions, our basic provisions um, that we need. And when we pray, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, or maybe in another translation, debtors, we are praying that God will forgive us for our sins for things that we do to transgress against him. And if we can ask for forgiveness, then we certainly should be able to forgive others. And then when we pray, and lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil, God always makes a way out for us. We don't necessarily go right into sin. He gives us several options for us not to go that direction. So we're asking him for that strength to be able to not go against his will. So when we pray the Lord's Prayer, that's what we're praying. We're not just reciting a prayer, but with our heart, we're hitting these different points when we pray the Lord's Prayer. So that might be one model that you could try if you want to kind of change up how you're praying. Or if it's working for you, then I would continue to do that. How many of you do pray the Lord's Prayer often? Raise your hand. Okay. I mean, it's an amazing model. I mean, Jesus taught his disciples. But here's an alternative. Okay, the the five fingers of prayer. How many of you have prayed this before or, or have heard about it? Okay, a few of you. Okay, so the five fingers of prayer. Everybody raise your right or your left hand. Okay, look at your hand. Okay, so you have five fingers. Um, your thumb, okay, is the closest to you. That means that you pray for the people that are closest to you. Um, your family, your friends. Okay, next is your index finger, your pointer finger. Um, you pray for those in authority, teachers, pastors, um, bosses, you know, those that, that are mentoring you. Okay, your next finger is um, for praying for people in authority, big responsibilities, um, people in government, you know, our president, those that are making decisions for us. Um, the next is our fourth finger, which is usually our, our weakest finger. And so we usually pray for those that are in need, those that are sick, those that are poor. And our pinky finger, the um, Bible tells us to pray for others first before ourselves. So we pray for ourselves last. We pray for us. So with the five fingers, all we need to do is just look at our hand and think about those closest to us, those that point the way, those with big responsibilities, those that are weak and in need, and then yourself last. Um, the, many of the youth like this model, uh, maybe because they can count to five. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, um, but, but I think maybe because it's easy for them to relate to, um, and then they don't get stuck in a memorized prayer, but they can change it up and go from their right hand and maybe their left hand. Okay, the, the next model. Is the Acts prayer model. Here we go. <clears throat> so the Acts prayer model is four steps. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Um, how many of you have used this prayer model before? Okay. How many of you continue to use this one? You like this one? Okay. Um, if you like it, it works. 
keep using it. So the first is adoration. Um, we want to be proclaiming who God is. Again, we want to um, give him glory. We want to give God glory. We want to um, adore God um, with the first step. So the first, time, first step is praying um, and um, glorifying God. The next is confession. Um, this is a time of really personal cleansing, sanctification, um, repentance, um, for us to be more like Christ. For us to take time to really um, cleanse our heart. For us to, to have an intimate time with the Lord. You know, and for me, um, I've gotten into a practice of, of repenting um, every day. Um, being able to ask God to cleanse my heart, um, to cleanse my mind, to cleanse my body, um, to cleanse my soul. Um, so it's important for me, especially times where I'm teaching His Word or I'm leading something um, that He's called me to lead, then I need to come clean. You know, I need to, I know I'm, um, I'm not going to ever be Christ like like Christ but um, I need to have his character as much as possible so for me to repent is important the next is thanksgiving to be able to um, just thank the Lord have a grateful heart go on time maybe meditation or journaling a time to really be thankful And the next is supplication. Um, asking. Asking God what his will is for us. Lining up our heart with his heart and, and um, interceding. You <coughs> <coughs> also like like this model here um, it's, it's real I think it's relevant um, and, and it's easy easy to remember um, the Acts prayer model and the next is um, really I call it like the Holy Spirit <clears throat> prayer model um, if you have your Bible or if you have um, our app you can look at uh, my sermon notes and go to Romans eight twenty six through 28 And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good, of those who love God and are, ca- are called according to his purpose for them. <clears throat> Sometimes we don't know what to pray. So then we don't pray. Sometimes 
We don't know what to pray, and we get discouraged, so we don't pray. But what this is saying here is that when we don't know what to pray, then let's trust the Holy Spirit to intercede and to pray for us. That when we trust the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will be praying in our behalf. And and God will know in our hearts through the Holy Spirit that resides in us what our prayer need is. This type of prayer takes, I think, a little bit more time, reflection, to just sit, find that spot in your house, in your backyard, in a park, your own sanctuary, and just connect with the Spirit of God. And just be honest, maybe you're tired. Maybe you have a lot of burdens. Maybe you don't know how to communicate with God. Maybe you don't know how to pray. But having an intimate conversation with the Lord, asking the Holy Spirit to help you, maybe through that difficult time that you don't know how to articulate in your own words how to pray, but through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will reveal that. And maybe that moment we may not know, but God will start putting in our hearts what we should be praying for. I think the, the distinction is the things that we pray for is it what God wants us to pray for. From my experiences, when I just pray for things that, that I need or I want or I desire and I don't give any thought to God, usually those prayers of mine never get answered. But when I pray, not for for me, but when I pray, God, what is your will? What's your will for me? What is your will for this church? What is your will for, you know, maybe certain individuals? Then I start to hear. You see, when my prayers line up with God's prayers, when my heart lines up with God's heart, something happens. Um, there's definitely a spiritual connection that starts to happen. And then God starts to um, speak to me in different ways. Because prayer isn't just dialogue. Um, prayer could just be meditation. A form of prayer could be journaling, blogging, creating art, painting, photography, filmmaking, music, graphic design, playing sports. Whatever time that we dedicate and we put God first could be a time of prayer and worship. So maybe if we're having difficulty with prayer, maybe we need to think a little bit 
out of the box. That our prayer time is time with God. And our prayer time is acknowledging God will answer our prayers. That God is in authority. It's not about us at all. It's about acknowledging who he is. So why should why should you we pray and fast? Why should we enter into this month? This is our third year that Pastor Valui has called our church to pray and fast. No one's going to make us. I told the youth, it's up to you. I'm not going to make you because you won't do it if I make you. I'm not going to push you to the point where you feel guilty that you have to do it. So with our congregation, it's up to you. Joel gave a challenge. You can take that challenge. Not take that challenge. We're going to still love you. If you pray or fast, we're going to still love you in this church. If you don't pray and fast, God's still going to love you. But, I think if you find your own motivation to come in agreement with our church, you will find rest, you will find renewal, and you will find resurgence. If you've been receiving the daily emails from Pastor Valui, it's been talking a lot about rest this week. Rest, less activity, taking a Sabbath. We all need rest. Many are already weary and tired and sick at the beginning of the year. Rest is good. Through rest, we want to be renewed. Our spirit, our minds, our bodies, we want to be transformed. We want to be renewed. We want to have more energy. We want to lock in on what God has for each one of us. And resurgence. I looked up resurgence and did a little word study. What is resurgence? I found it to be interesting because it says an increase or revival after a period of little activity, popularity, or occurrence. A resurgence of interest in religion. I thought, okay, that's interesting. And God started to speak to me a little bit more about this word resurgence. An increase or revival. Okay, God, what are you going to revive after I rest, after I get renewed? I think God's going to revive our spirit. Those of us that may have been coming to church for a long time, maybe have not answered exactly the call that God has for you. 
Maybe he's going to put just this new energy in you to do what's been in your heart for a long time for the glory of God. And it says that resurgence of interest. I'm not really thinking religion, but maybe a new awakening. Maybe an interest in Jesus. Maybe to be a stronger follower of Jesus. And I think through that time of prayer and fasting, we will ultimately draw closer to God. Um, I don't really see how you can't draw closer to God. And then, for spiritual direction and growth. That the Holy Spirit will speak to us through this month, at the end of this month, next month, through this year, about a specific spiritual direction for us as a church and for each one of us individually. And through that, we will grow. Fairly simple. But we, we need to take that personal step. I mean, how many of you would like to grow spiritually this year? Raise your hand if you want to grow closer to God. How many of you need rest right now? How many of you would like to be renewed in your faith? How many of you like the word resurgence? So you need to be thinking, if you're not praying and fasting for this month, then you need to be thinking, okay, God, do you want me to? It's between you and God. Should I be doing this? Is it going to be good for me? Don't be thinking, what am I going to get out of this? Don't be thinking, oh, man, I can't eat this or that, or um, I'm sacrificing technology or whatever it is. Don't be thinking about those things. The emphasis should not be on your burden. The emphasis should be on God, and it should be a willingly joyful experience, not painstaking burden that you dread every day and you're checking off your calendar until February 1st. No. It should be at the end of the 31 days or now 24 days, you might want to go into a different fast or continue to pray. Now, as Joel mentioned last week, maybe you just fast for one day or three days. No one's telling you got to fast for 24 days. But maybe God is putting that on your heart. And you, then you want to honor that. But I will advocate and encourage our church to be praying every day. That I believe that everyone in this room can pray for 30 seconds a day. If not, at least a minute. And if it's routine, 
then you change it up. Maybe, again, you try the Lord's Prayer or the Five Fingers or the Acts Model or Romans 8 or you just put on some worship music and you just become spontaneous and, and worship in that way or journal or draw or play a sport or an instrument or sew or knit or crochet or whatever your thing is. Make that a form of prayer. So I'm going to call the worship band up right now. And I want us to take a time of prayer and reflection. A time that we can do this now because I know when we get home, some of you are going to be watching playoff games. Um, Some of you are going directly to lunch after this. Some of you are going to take a nap when you get home. Um, But we're going to take this time now because we're here. We're here and because the Holy Spirit is in this room. And so I'm going to just say a quick prayer. Give us a chance to pray individually at our seats. And after a few minutes, then I will introduce and um, lead us into communion after that. Does that sound good? Okay. So, um, so Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your spirit that is in this place. We thank you for ministering to us this morning with your words. We thank you that you, for your calm and peaceful presence, for your encouraging tone. I pray, Lord, that you inspire us. That you set your fire inside us. That you reveal and you show to each of us. By praying and fasting is something that you want us to do. Help us not to think about the pain, the burden, the sacrifice. Help us to think about just drawing closer to you because we know you will draw close to us. So, Holy Spirit, just prepare our hearts now as we go into some personal time of prayer and reflection. Speak to us. Humble us. Let us be open to receiving what you have for us. In Jesus' name.